and welcome back to Here So We Don't Get Fined. We are back. Uh, once again, apologies. Life got in the way a little bit, so we missed a pod this week. Our apologies. Uh, do keep in mind, this is not our jobs. We do this for fun. Yeah, uh, sometimes we are recording this episode an hour before we leave for work, like we are right now. I was about to say, what? What, what do you mean? <laughs> what? Who uh, works, dude? No, but we are back. We are excited to bring you guys some good stuff. We've talked about uh, not just this pod, but uh, future next few pods. And we got a, a lot of exciting stuff coming up. So Yeah, dude. Um, Absolutely. Some, but yeah. Some crazy stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but today, we are going to go ahead and dive right in. We have some more trivia. Oh, my favorite. I'm so, so good at this trivia stuff. I don't know when the last time we did this was. Did we do it last week? I don't think nope. we did it last week. So, for uh, those who don't remember, I asked Thomas a trivia question about a sport. Uh, he answers trivia questions. If he gets them right, I give him a hint about a player in said sport. By the end of the five trivia questions, he will have the possibility of five hints, and he will get five guesses. Uh, so... Today's trivia has a theme. Ooh. So I'm going to throw you a bone here since you're so bad at this. I am very bad at this. If you get the theme by the end of this. That's another hint? I will give you another hint. Oh, buddy. Okay. So you have the possibility of six hints. Okay. Uh, The first question. Which NFL team has played in Super or four Super Bowls but has never held a lead in any of those Super Bowls. Is it Buffalo? It is not Buffalo. Ah, dang. dang. I apologize. Dang. I thought we I thought we had talked about this before when we did. It's the Minnesota Vikings, and I thought when we did, we definitely hit, did. When we did the game where yep. we were guessing uh, Frayne Tarkenton. Yep. I thought that you said that. Which is, I so think, I thought you would have gotten that I one. think I did say that. Well, like, okay, like, here's the thing. Like, whenever you say four Super Bowls and losing, my brain immediately jumps to Buffalo. Buffalo in the 90s. Who, who lost yeah. four Super Bowls in a row. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Oh, wait, do you want to make a guess? Um, Miles Sanders. It's not Miles Sanders. Wasn't that who it was last time? Uh, was it? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, next question. Which team has participated in the most Super Bowl games? The Patriots? The New England Patriots at 11. I almost, I almost like snap Cowboys. But then I was like, wait a second. Tom and Bill, they, uh, they made a couple. The New England Patriots have played in 11 Super Bowls, which is pretty dang nutty. Yeah. Especially when you consider that 10 of them have been in like the last 20 years. Yeah. 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 Uh, your first hint? Okay. AFC. Oh, okay. Okay. okay AFC. Okay, okay. Pat Fryermuth. Notable goat at tight end. It is not it is not Pat Fryermuth. Do you remember that conversation that yeah. we had about when like it was like our second episode doing the Madden ratings for tight ends? Oh yeah. Pat Fryermuth. <laughs> um How much does the Lombardi trophy weigh? I'm kidding. That's not the question. Why would you know that? I, I, that like, I, no, that, that would be a fantastic trivia question because you said that. And I was like, I have no earthly idea if it's light or heavy. I know the Stanley Cup weighs 40 pounds. But it does not weigh that much. I, it I, doesn't weigh much at all, honestly. It's seven pounds. Which, like, looking at that trophy, 
I would think it would weigh more than that. Well, I guess, you know, it could be 40 pounds if it was, like, denser. But, oh, I, yeah. I, you know, we've seen Gronk net one, yeah. you know. So yeah, We saw Tom Brady throw one from a yacht. There's n- From a boat to another boat. Yeah. I don't know about... I'm not a professional athlete or anything, don't get me wrong, but there's no chance. Chucking 40-pound trophies. From one boat to another boat. Yeah. That's just not happening, dude. It's going from one boat, one foot over the edge, to Into the bottom. The Could you yeah. imagine if, this, if the Lombardi Trophy got sank in, in a friggin' lake in it, Tampa Bay? It would not be there long. Oh, there man. would be a mad dash oh, of people diving to try and get... Because think about that. Think about that. You're a civilian. How many opportunities do you have to, to touch own, the Lombardi to, Trophy? To touch the Lombardi Trophy, yeah. to possibly own a Lombardi Trophy. That's your opportunity right there. If I'm being honest, I don't know how close they were to the like shore, but I'm almost surprised I'm people sure weren't were diving center. in. I'm I'm almost surprised people weren't diving in to try to get on the boats. I think. I feel like that situation would be more easily managed. There are some crazy sports fans. There are some crazy <laughs> like, sports fans. But anyway, that is not your actual third question. That was just a funny, like, there's Seven no way you pounds. I want you to at least be able to guess Okay. these. Um, all right, there are four teams in the NFL okay. who have never even made a Super Bowl. Oh, boy. Can you name me two of those four teams? Um, Texans. Correct. Um, Jaguars. Correct. Why, why are there two AFC South teams in here? That's embarrassing. Uh, yeah, the other well, two are Cleveland and Detroit. They're the youngest of the, uh, yeah. Yeah. franchises. You that's, know. that's true. Because Jacksonville came in the same year as Carolina. Well, Houston's been uh, around longer than, uh... Can I guess the theme? No, they haven't. Yeah. Is it Super Bowl? The theme is indeed Super Bowl. I see. I see what you did there uh, with yeah, the Super Bowl's coming up. Yeah, in a couple weeks. I see what you did uh, there. A week and a half at this point. Yeah, it is a Super Bowl. Well done. I figured it'd be pretty easy, but so I'll give you two hints. I was right about now. to say you owe me. I'll give you Dose two hints. And toast. Uh, one, it is the AFC West. Okay. Two is the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey. No. Nah. I'm not gonna make it that easy. It's not gonna be Kelsey or Mahomes. I. A hundred percent believe that it's, it's Patrick Reed. Mahomes right now. It's Andy Reid. That would be a curveball, dude. <laughs> that no, would be um, a curveball. So, I guess you deserve two guesses too, since you got okay, hit, okay, hit, uh, okay. Uh, Pacheco. No. Okay. Okay. How many more hints do I get? One now. Excuse me. What's my What's my last? No, 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 no. no. I gave you two hints, so you get two guesses. I, d- I took two guesses. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah, you did. You said no, Kelsey. Yeah, I said Kelsey. And Pacheco. Yeah. Okay, my bad. My no, bad. No, no, no. Um, so, that was your third question, right? I think it might have... We should pay more attention to this. I think it was my third question. Yeah. I think it was your third question. Um, name the two teams that have the most Super Bowl wins. The Steelers... And the Patriots. Correct. Listen, I'm not trying to screw you when we play this game. Well, like, you said that, and I was like, wait. I forgot that the Patriots tied the Steelers. And I was like, wait. The Cowboys and the 49ers are tied at second. Which order is... <laughs> which one won one first? I don't know which one to say. Uh, your hint. Offense. 
Okay, 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 okay. Um, Juju? It's not Juju. Mm. That was... You're getting close. Well, you know, they, the, Kansas City has like five wide receivers all at the same level. <laughs> so it's not like there's a clear runaway yeah. as to who you would yeah. suspect. Fair you enough. Know? Fair enough. Uh, this one is a, it has two answers. I will accept either answer. You don't okay. have to give me both. What if I do give you both? I'll give you an extra hint. Okay. I like this. I like this game. What two cities have hosted the most Super Bowls? Balls. Um, geez. <laughs> okay. I like this game. Balls. I, ah. <laughs> I will accept either. And you know what? Just because I'm, so I'm feeling many. frisky. I'll give you two guesses. Okay. And okay. I'll give you either city. There's so many possibilities. Miami? That's one. And Dallas? No. Uh, but that's okay. It was Miami, New Orleans. You still get a hint. I was, I was, I was initially going to guess Detroit, Houston for some reason. I don't Hold know why. On. You've never gotten this far. What should my next hint be? Like, um, do I tell you it? I'll tell you it's a wide receiver. I already knew that. But I will tell you, like, should I give you like wide receiver three or like two or his number? Give me his draft year. Let me consult good old Google real quick. Everyone's like, everyone right now in their car is like, he just threw away the answer for the draft year. But you guys don't know. I am just a encyclopedia of drafts in my brain. He was a fifth round pick in 2018. Fifth round pick in 2018. Not Juju. Not Kadarius Tony. Could be MVS, but I'm not sure. Who are the other wide receivers in that? It's not Sky Moore. It's not Justin Ross. Is it MVS? It is Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yep. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl's coming up. I thought it'd be fun to have a little bit of a theme. Hey. Uh, and now, as I'm doing it, the Super Bowl's next week. So yep. that would have been a fun theme to do next week. And could, I'm just you a big done dummy. The, you could have done the Pro Bowl this week. Yeah. You could hey, do the Pro Bowl next the, week. I should have done the Pro Bowl. <laughs> you can just do the Pro Bowl next week. Bowl It'll next be like week. an inverse of everything. I'll do the Pro Bowl next week. There but we anyway. Yeah, congratulations. You finally Thank won you. one. Thank How's it you. Feel? Thank you. I, uh, you know, now I'm going to go to uh, Disneyland. Pretty sure I gave you seven hints, though. Uh, a potato potato. <laughs> Listen, a dub is like an ice cream cone. It doesn't matter how you get it. As long as you get it and no one died as a result of you getting it. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. Every time I hear the phrase ice cream cone, like specifically. Okay. Ice cream, I don't think about this. Okay. Cone, I don't think. Waffle cone, I don't think about this. But when I hear the phrase ice cream cone, okay. I always, every single time, without fail, immediately in my head pops up a picture of that fat shirtless dude from Lilo and Stitch who always gets his ice cream blown off of his ice cream cone. You know what I think about when I think ice cream cone? The word sticky. That's, they that's, are sticky. Yeah, that's the, fir- that's the only thing I can think of. It's like, ah... Uh, I'm going to wash my hands for 30 minutes after this. Every day of the week, I would rather have ice cream in a bowl than a cone. Like, except... Absolutely, dude. The, although, the Nutty Buddies, 
or the I don't know what they're called, but the ice cream cones with like they have chocolate around the waffle. Oh, the drumstick. Yeah, like drumsticks. The, that's what they're called. The little end of that cone, the bottom of that cone, that's just is chocolate, chocolate and waffle cone. That is incredible. Let me ask you this. Uh, I might Listen. sound like a crazy person. You do. Um, when you eat ice cream in a bowl, and it melts. You know, because there's always a little bit that melts and like you can like tilt it to the side and it's like you could scoop it up if you so wished, you know? Okay. Would melted ice cream be good with like cereal or is that just too much going on? I think that'd be way because like when it's by the time it's melted, it's cold (sighs) or it's not cold. It's warm. Okay. Like it melts. You put it in the fridge. It gets cold. You pour cereal in it. Like is that? That's too much. I think that would be so gross. I don't know. Let's try it. No. I, I, listen, like this literally popped into my brain like two I... minutes ago, and I would just, I would, listen. I just wanted to get the feedback from the room on if that would be a good idea to do or not. I personally think that sounds horrific, but listen, I prefer my ice cream cold personally because, like, I prefer like the Butterfinger ice cream that's got like those little like chunks of uh, chunks of Butterfinger in it. Yeah. yeah. Like, and if it's melted, then obviously, you know, it's not the same. I always mix mine together, like, like mix it real fast where it's almost like milkshake consistency and eat it like that. So what is the goat ice cream flavor? <sighs> Listen, there's a lot of good ones. Like every season it comes around, I can't not get a snickerdoodle blizzard from Dairy Queen. However, I don't know. It's classic and it's basic. I get it. But I, I don't know that there is a better all-around ice cream than uh, Oreo. What? Classic? Cookies and cream, dude. What? That is not classic. Cookies, what do you mean it's not classic? Cookies and cream has been around, around a lot longer than you and me. Okay, that doesn't make it a classic. A cla- here, are your, what? here are your classic ice cream flavors. There's more than just chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Don't done. give me that. I'm not done. Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, Neapolitan. <laughs> Which is just chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry in one container. It's separate. It's a separate <laughs> thing that you buy, is it not? <laughs> uh, lime sherbet. Ew, no. no. Whoa, don't be Sherbert's disrespectful. Sherbert's technically not even ice cream. Don't be disrespectful. Sherbert is technically not even ice cream. You're being disrespectful. And, and lime sherbet is gross. Orange sherbet. Lime sherbet is amazing, dude. What are you talking about? Why are you lime mean on the mic? That was bad. Sure, Bert. <laughs> that was also very bad. Listen, lime sherbet, amazing. Obviously, the goat of ice cream flavors is chocolate, though. I do. I mean, I love a good chocolate. I cannot lie. I do love a good chocolate. Um, I'm also like, listen, I don't know. I don't know how nationwide Maggie Moo's is. What is Maggie Moo's? Obviously not very nationwide. There's a Maggie Moo's in Hendersonville. It's an ice cream place. I'm pretty sure it's a chain. It's not just like a one place mm-hmm. in Hendersonville. Uh, actually, I think it's in Gallatin. I don't know. Anyway, there's an ice cream place. It's called Maggie Moo's. They have a cinnamon ice cream. Our buddy Chris would love that. That makes me want to cry every time I take a bite out of it. But I don't think I could call it. Like it's something no, that like I, when you're in the mood for it, it's fantastic. But if you're if you're in the mood for something basic, you don't want it. I get it. There's a ice cream place called Brewsters that is kind of like I love pseudo Brewsters. 
nationwide. It's I like love it's like every state has one. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, they had a coffee Oreo ice cream flavor that was just incredible. We used to go to Florida a lot when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and every time we went to Florida, we would stop in Atlanta and get a Brewsters from the Brewsters in Atlanta. Uh, we used to live in Manassas, Virginia, and there was this little ice cream like. It kind of looked like a Checkers, you know, like the old fast food yeah. restaurant, but it wasn't fast food. That like that like very narrow building, they had this blue coconut ice cream cone that I would just demolish every chance I got. I've never had Checkers. I haven't either. There's a Checkers in Rivergate. I think it's like one of the last ones. I didn't know they still existed. Yeah, checkers got I've checkmated. Checkers got what? Checkmated. <laughs> they got king, bro. If you're gonna talk about checkers, use checkers. Solilo- not soliloquies. That's not the word. Use checkers vernacular. It's semantics. I listen. After this pod, we're gonna talk about the definition of semantics. Uh, no, we're not, cause I'm going to work. There. Okay. Uh, we just got off on a seven-minute tangent. Let's circle back into, uh, some ice hockey talk, if you are interested. Man, we had a clear, we had a clear transition there. Could have gone, so, enough about ice cream, let's move into ice hockey. Uh, okay, 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 hold on, hold on. Oh, man, I love ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Enough about ice cream, let's get into ice hockey. I couldn't agree more, let's go into (laughs) Uh, so, you know what's just as good as chocolate ice cream, David? Connor McDavid. That is exactly what I was going to say, yes. Connor McDavid at the hockey, the stick and puck. He's got 91 points, dude. That's stupid. No, it, it, that's not real. He's that an is... alien. Listen, I don't want to start a brand new tangent, nor do I want to start an argument, nor do I want to be controversial. Okay. I'm just going to make a statement. Okay. I believe... In the existence of life other than humans. Okay. Because of Connor McDavid. Connor McNasty. Connor McJesus. Connor, Connor McAlien. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he's got uh, 40 goals, 50 assists. There's a. Uh, one what? of those numbers is 41. In what, like 45 51. games? Uh, not enough. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no. He is. Uh, he is. Every year. We're like, ah, this is what Connor McDavid is. This is what Connor McDavid is. This is what Connor McDavid is. And every year, he just makes us feel like we've never seen anyone actually good at hockey. People are supposed to get better at hockey. Yeah. But he started phenomenal at hockey. He's not supposed to get better at hockey. Like, uh, it's, it's absolutely bananas. And the fact of the matter that he's only making $1 million in salary this year, that can't be right. That has to be factually incorrect. I don't know, man. I have no idea, but Connor McDavid is stupid good, and that is wild. 91 points. Yeah, so uh, he was drafted in 2015. He already has four Art Ross trophies, two MVPs, three Pearson trophies, and five All-Stars. What Um, a start. He has 92 points. Oh, excuse me. 92 points in 50 50 games. games. 41 goals and 51 assists. What in the world, dude? What is happening? That's wild. 
It's it should be illegal, is what excuse it. Excuse me. You are not excused. Get out of here. Yeah, no, I don't. Sorry. Continue with what you're saying. I was just so uh, fascinated. I had to go look at. No, no, you're good. He is having the greatest uh, shot percentage season of his career at 19.6. So think about that. One out of every five shots he takes is in the back of the net. That's that's not real. That's not a real stat. That is a very real stat. I don't stat. like. He has 209 shots on goal. Listen, we now we now know that the NFL is rigged. Obviously, the NHL is too, and uh, this is all fake. I'm convinced they're just putting these numbers down. I'm also, convinced. I would just like to say a disclaimer for the record: we do not believe the National Football League is rigged. That was, oh, we're, hey, we're that's a, that's playing a good, along with the bit. Anyway. That's a that's a good disclaimer to make. It's sad that that's a disclaimer we have to make. I agree. But way to way to stay on top of the ball there. No, but McDavid, like, dude. McDavid does things, and it almost makes you think that the NHL is rigged, not because like it's like blatant or anything, but he's just like there's one person who is so many degrees better than everyone else, and like that's just not usually something that like okay take take the NFL for example Tom Brady Tom Brady is the goat right I think everyone can agree to that I don't know. He's not the best regular season quarterback, and he's not the best Super Bowl quarterback, so how can we call him the greatest quarterback? The point is that discussion's happening, though. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't, the goat. It shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah. You can't have that discussion here. It is McDavid. The best in history, though? No. Like, in... Best in the league right now. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah. I everyone, everyone that Brady is, like, conversed about with... Yeah. They played with Brady in that yeah. same timeline. There is no one. Yeah. Like you can, can argue two through five until you're blue in the face. Yeah, but you but can't you argue cannot. one. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Look at Edmonton. And, like, here's my thing. Connor McDavid could do more. Yeah. Like, I, I firmly believe, like, right now, the best goal scorer in hockey is probably Austin Matthews. Just pure goal scorer. But if Connor McDavid... Wanted to only focus on goals mm-hmm. and say, screw the assist, screw being a team player, forget what's best for the team, let's just focus on me and most goals I can get. Connor McDavid would be the best goal scorer in the league. It's this is a unfair hypothetical to like pose, right? But if McDavid wasn't charged with the uh, responsibility of dragging this Edmonton Oiler team into relevancy, like, okay. Uh, take Tampa Bay, for example. If you were to trade McDavid out in that lineup for Braid or Braden Point out for, in that lineup for McDavid, and McDavid has the co-stars where he doesn't have to do everything to keep this team relevant, yeah, we would be seeing even stupid numbers. Oh, even yeah. more stupid numbers. Like it would be, it would be absolutely mind blowing. And that's what I'm saying. Like he's doing what he's he's doing what he's doing right now while attempting to be the glue that holds the city of Edmonton together. Yeah. And like Leon Dreisaitl is easily good. he could easily be far and away the best goal scorer. The best handles guy. He probably is the best handles guy. Even he's, with like yeah, yeah. like it's the, it's my technical ability blowing. The technical ability on that man is obnoxious yeah. really but uh 
Like, look at that roster. You got Leon Dreisaitl, stud from Germany. Great. And then what do you got? You got Jesse Pugliarvi, who was a fourth overall pick, hasn't really hit the way they expected to. You have Kaylor Yamamoto, who is good, don't get me wrong, but he's not. He's appearing that he's not going to be as good as we thought he could be. Uh, you have Evander Kane, who is a walking distraction. Boo. A wa- like, find me a place Evander Kane went and troubles did not follow. And this is his like fifth team. So it's more than just a coincidence. It's he a did pattern. score a hat trick in the postseason last year. <laughs> no, he did, but <clears throat> Pat McAfee says, be who you can afford to be. And he cannot He afford. is consistently not able to afford who he is. Yeah. Like, it, it. my point is, is, like, you take away one of McDavid or even Dreisaitl. Like, if you, t- if you leave McDavid on that team, we just talked about how mind-numbingly good Connor McDavid is at hockey. If you leave Connor McDavid on that team, sure, they'll have success. <laughs> Or, I, mean, I don't know that they will. I think he has 160 points, and I think that team wins five, six points out of playoff contention. Yeah, like if you take away Drysidle, like that, the, the team's fine. But take it's away McDavid, not... they win 25 games. Yeah, yeah, like there's clear problems, and the yeah. problems have been there for years. They're problems that they haven't addressed at all. They've had a terrible defense for at least the last decade. Well, they I mean, haven't we... had a goaltender in seven years. This like... is a similar conversation we had about Vancouver too. You know the problem. I know the problem. Joe Blow, who watches hockey from his couch, knows the problem. So why can't management fix the problem? Because some people like to watch the world burn. And that, that's what blows my mind the most, is when, when anybody and everybody who knows a little bit about hockey can, can look see at your what, team yeah. and see the glaring holes in your team, and yet for years you've just ignored them, that's an issue. How do you how do you fix bad defense? I don't know. Score more goals, I guess. Get yeah, more time in your offensive zone. Maybe listen. If your defense is trash, but you never let the other team have the puck, your defense is irrelevant. I'll take the. I'll give them the same advice NHL fourteen gave me every single period. Better on the forecheck. Oh, is that it? Oh, I, I was I was expecting you to just go off on like yeah. a every every your defense game I is trash. Like yeah. every single game I played in NHL 14, they told me I needed to get better on the forecheck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, the point is, is like Edmonton, pull your heads out of the sand, figure it out. It's not hard. It's not complicated. I agree. Get invest in the defense, and they have Darnell Nurse, who is fantastic. But he's you. You're leaving him on an island. He can't out do there. it alone. Yeah. Who was your next big addition to that defense? Cody Cece? Are you kidding me, dude? I don't know who that is. Cody Cece was a was a Cody Cece man. First off, I love off, his pizza. Let me tell you, he has some of the worst analytics in the league's history. Uh, he was a. I don't want to say a hot prospect, but like he was a prospect with some name to him, and he was a fir- like late first round pick. Sucked, super bad. Solid. He kind of bounced around the league. He ended up in Toronto, did not go well. He ended up in Pittsburgh, it did go well, but everyone kind of knew that it was like this is not okay. It's like comparing the season that Geno Smith had for the Seahawks this year. That's the type of season that. 
CC had for the Penguins, but on a smaller scale. So we're like, this is an outlier for what we normally see, but where, where people are like with Gina, like this, like we could see this being repeated. Yeah. With CC, we're like, he needs to stay in Pittsburgh if he wants to have a no, like any sort of career Did worth you see remembering. The Seahawks are trying to extend Gina. What? The Seahawks are trying to extend Gina. They are. They are. And but we'll talk about that. Yeah. A different time. Um, but the point is, is like CC goes to Edmonton, a team that is not good defensively. And like CC's big knocks is he's an offensive defenseman who plays like a forward, not a defenseman. Yeah. So, okay, you have issues on defense. Congrats, you signed a defenseman who plays as forward and will leave his uh, partner on an island, who is likely Darnell Nurse, who is already on an island because there's no other help. PK. <coughs> Sorry, I had a cough there. PK. <coughs> okay, Sorry. but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing about PK. PK had Yossi, Ekholm, and Ellis. Notable defensive players. Still lost us to the second round. And he took us to the so. cup final. What do you what do you want? What do you want? I'm still bitter about that. We should have won the cup that year. We could have won the cup that year. We had no business winning the cup that year. I'm not talking about the year we lost the cup. Oh. I'm talking about the year we won the president's trophy and we lost to Winnipeg because PK decided to abandon his post and they got a free breakaway and won the game. Sorry. I mean, listen, dude, there's nineteen other players on that team that you can point to and point out a In mistake. that one one instance, that was PK. We probably would have won that game. We had all the momentum, but because of him, I'm done. It's a seven game. It's a best of seven series. I like PK. I would take, despite that, I would like to take PK back simply because, like you said, you guys, we're not talking about PK. But like the point is, is like, dude. Yeah. See, like. That's not addressing the problem. No, that's, I agree, yeah. That's smacking one strip of duct tape over the crack in the glass at the aquarium. It's like Styles Jeep. It's yeah, exactly. It's it's you're not you're quote unquote addressing the problem, but not really. You're kicking the can down the road is what you're doing. Not a single person who listens to this podcast is gonna understand the reference. Probably <laughs> pro- probably but not. That's okay. But like that's we're, listen, we're 30 minutes in. We got a lot to get to. Bo Horvat trade. Uh, Canucks, Canucks captain gets dealt to the Islanders for Anthony Bolivier, Atu Ratti, and a first. The other notable thing, a protected first, mind you. The other notable thing is that Vancouver had to retain 25% of Horvat's salary. This deal was good it was fine it wasn't good it was fine that's the good that's the word i would use until the news about the retention came out now it's not good yeah and that that's kind of what i like that's what i was thinking too i i saw the update and i was like "Eh, whatever i don't like that and then i saw the first i missed the first with the first update i got yeah and then i saw the first and i was like okay that makes it better that's okay i still think they could have gotten more but that's fine and then you told me about that and i was like Oh, Vancouver. And like, what the heck? And like, here's the thing. If this trade occurred 12 months ago, it would be a good trade and it would be great value and it would all make sense. Because Bo Horvat's good, but he's not an elite player 
pre this season. I was about to say, and then this season. This season, he's having a career year. Not yeah. just in the NHL, but like an all-time like juniors career year yeah. level. Like, he is playing incredibly. He's a leader of men, a natural captain. And he's going to a team where he gets to play as the supporting center behind Matthew Barzell. I just... I don't get this trade for either partner. And Bo Horvat is not old either. No, he's 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 relatively like, young. He's like 26, He's 27 25? years old, uh, which is not like... That's the prime. Yeah, this isn't a guy at the end of his contract. This is or at the end of his uh, Cor- prime. Yeah. This is a guy going into his prime, having the best year of his career, which shows you that he's probably going to do that even more so in the future. Like, yep. I, I understand... Vancouver's hesitancy, or not hesitancy, their their need, their want, their desire to hasten up this process and get rid of some of these guys they're trying to get rid of. Like, obviously, well, whatever's I happening think, in Vancouver has not been working and they want to change it up. I understand that. I think in an ideal scenario, that because they wanted to extend Horvat, and Horvat said, dude, we haven't made a step forward in yeah. seven years. I'm out of here. Ideally... It would have worked. Oh, well, yeah. But ideally. It, 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 it's not. And Vancouver has made it apparent that anyone other than Elias Pettersson is up for grabs. But again, so again, but that's what I'm saying, though, is I understand their need, their want to make this process as quick as possible to get rid of these guys. But, like, they say per- patience is a virtue for a reason. Yeah. And... I, I'm like you. I don't like this. I think they could have gotten more. And the fact that they re- retained a quarter of his salary is... Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the Islanders are clear winners in this trade. Uh, I think they could have gotten more for Horvat. But you. what do we come to expect from Vancouver? I don't think the Island. I think the Canucks could have gotten more for Horvat. Not from the Islanders. I think the Rangers would have been the ideal trade partner because you have two top picks who have not been getting playtime, who a lot of people are ready to slap the bust label on, and Capu Caco and Alexi Lafreniere. Give us Fox Lafreniere and Panarin for Horvath. Straight, straight up. up. Straight up. Maybe. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? That is a little bit one-sided. We'll retain 5%. <laughs> But you got to retain 30 on Panarin. <laughs> no, but like, I I honestly think that there could have been a better package for no, Vancouver. Um, but I think Vancouver isn't the biggest losers from this trade. Who is? Bo? No. Well, he's playing with the Islanders. So. The San Jose Sharks. Uh, Let me explain. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Uh, Vancouver, Bo Horvat is a good player. Yeah. He has been a good player. Like that, like what we, when we hear Bo Horvat, we know this guy is, is a good solid player. Yeah. The San Jose Sharks have Eric Carlson, who's having a resurgence of a year. Yeah. He's got like 62 points this year so far as a defenseman. He is top five in the league and he's been like a top three player. He's had 75 points in a season in the past. He looks like he's going to smash that. But he goes from Ottawa when they have that huge cup run, the team looks great, and then that impressive implode imploding 
Uh, he leaves Ottawa in free or in trade, goes to San Jose, signs a massive extension, and then becomes the worst defenseman in the league overnight. Eleven. That's obviously hyperbole. I was about to say we but have when, home, so when you're paying someone eleven mil a year to score points and play defense, yeah. and they are allowing other people to yeah. score points consistently, yeah. there's a problem. Uh, if Vancouver had to retain twenty percent. Or was it 25%? 25%. 25% of Bo Horvat's, what, six mil on an expiring deal? People are going to be asking. What is San Jose yeah. going to be asked to retain? Yeah. It's either, either you're, going to, you're going to have to, because it's a long-term deal, too. Yeah. Like, he's got, like, five years left at 11 mil a year. Like, this is a franchise sinker. That's the thing that I think, like, people don't think about often enough is that, like, people set the precedent. Like, in sports, one team sets the precedent for another team. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're, we're seeing it in the NFL right now. Lamar Jackson wants $235 million guaranteed. And he hasn't come out and said that outright, but that's the thought. That's the, That was the last contract. Because, so. two, because Deshaun Watson, the Jimmy Haslam absolutely hardballed the rest of the NFL by giving Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed. And so... Yep. Like it or not, that sets precedent. And so Vancouver has now said to the rest of the NHL, hey guys, sorry, you want to move your big contract guys? You're going to have to keep some of the the money and pay on it. And I don't think that's how it should be. Again, like it or not, I don't like it, but that's how it is. And so, yeah, I I hadn't even thought about that until you just said it. Have fun paying four mil of Carlson's contract wherever you move (laughs) him. Honestly, dude, it might be... I'm not going to say it's a masterclass trade by the Canucks, but San Jose is one of their big division rivals. And what they that trade they just made with the Islanders, one, it removed a team who would have been a buyer in an Eric Carlson trade talk because now they don't have the cap to add it. They don't have the assets to add it because they gave it to Vancouver. You take away a team that could be interested and you set that precedent. Yeah, uh, We talked about it. Ad nauseum, right? Yeah. Ad nauseum. Um, well done. Uh, last offseason with the Christian Kirk contract in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, and, it, like, it seems like this is a lesson that no team ever learns. When you have an expiring contract, you should not be kicking that can down the road. You should be rushing to sign that player first. Yeah. And what I mean by that is not before another team signs them. No, you sign your young player before another team signs their young player because one of you is going to set the market and the next one is going to be paying a lot more. Yeah. So it seems like the trade in a vacuum just between the Canucks and the Islanders, the Canucks did not win. It's it's a very mediocre trade. But outside of the vacuum... It's a great trade. They won a lot (laughs) because they have screwed people in their own division... Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, like, like if you look at the trade outside of a vacuum, there's a number of assets that are projected to be leaving Vancouver in the next six months to a year. You have Quinn Hughes, young left-handed American defenseman. Brock Besser, young right-wing... I think he's American, too. He, I, He's either American or Canadian. Brock Besser? Yeah. I could be mistaken. He could be Swedish. I, <laughs> he also could be Finnish, you know, like... But you got young right-wing goal-scoring Brock Besser. And then you have a prospect in Niels Hoglander, who is exciting, a bit small. And then you have a young elite goaltender in Thatcher Demko, all of which have been swirling in trade rumors. 
Brock Besser's from Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, of all the, of, if you take these names, add Bo Horvat, and you look at the trade value, what you would expect to get for him, I would say Bo Horvat's given you the le- the least amount because of his age, which not that he's old. We just talked about it. he's not old, but the young these other players are much younger, and there's a lot more promise to them. Yeah, that's probably the least valuable asset that you have to send out. So it like to fall on the sword on that one if that's what they intended to do, it's not a bad idea. I don't know. I feel like you're trying to talk to me to make me think that this is a better trade than it is. I think it's a bad trade. I'm I not... think it depends. We can't look at trades as in, like, I'm a big fan of trade trees, right? So, part of the reason for that is, is, like, we can look at a trade. Like, say, uh, David John. Okay, okay. Say Antonio Brown from the Steelers to the Raiders for a third and a fifth. In a vacuum, that trade is terrible. But what did you do with the, that third and a fifth round pick? Okay, they took Sutton Smith with the fifth round pick. He didn't result in anything. He didn't make it out of training camp. That third round pick, however, Deontay Johnson. Not saying that Deontay Johnson is as good as Antonio Brown was. I'm not saying that. But it's what do you do with these picks, with yeah. these assets that you bring in? So what is going to happen with that prospect you brought in? Is Anthony Bolivier going to take another step? I find it unlikely, but it's always possible. What are you going to do with that first-round pick? Draft someone. Draft someone. Trade. Get a goalie. Shore of a defense. I heard a stat once that uh, it's like 60% of first-round picks that are owned by nhl teams that's not their original first round pick so like for instance this first round pick that vancouver acquired 60 yeah. percent of the time those picks are traded interesting yeah interesting the NHL, i do feel like there's a lot more trading of picks in the nhl than there is like in the nfl there is and there's a reason for that it's a common belief in the nhl draft that like your top 10 are set right yeah. You look at the NBA and the NFL, really the majority of the first round is set. We have a couple of late risers and surprisers like Cole Strange going to the Patriots, but for the most part, every for the most part, eighty percent of the names called on day one are expected to be called that night. Yeah. In hockey, your top ten are set, pretty much. These are top ten quality players. After that, though, you might as well have magic means. That is the belief. So teams are a lot more willing to throw around draft picks, trade up, trade down, because there's no rhyme or reason when players might get taken. You know? Fair enough. It's entirely based on teams. Instead of like a – there's a central scouting committee, but instead of like Mel Kuyper being like, this is a second-round player, teams – make their own evaluations and their own grades. So, like, one team could have a player as a second-round grade, another team could have that same player as a sixth-round grade, and another team could have them as a first-round grade. Like, it's yeah, it's so shifty. Hockey is so detailed and nuanced, and it's freaking awesome. I love it, dude. It's so awesome. I love the details. But uh, we got 15 minutes left. I want to talk about some coaching. Listen, we could talk about this for probably 40 minutes, but probably. we won't. Uh, we'll keep it. We'll just hit the highlights. How about that? 
Uh, obviously, in the NFL, uh, switching gears to football, a dumber league, a less nuanced and detailed league. I'm kidding. Love, love the NFL. Obviously, uh, moving on in the NFL. Obviously, a lot of coaches got fired this year, uh, and since then, a few have been hired, and some names have been thrown out for the ones that have not been hired. So, uh, yeah, let's go over a few. So you got Carolina. Obviously, um, Mike Temper did not like the direction the team was going in under Matt Rule. Fired midseason. Steve Wilkes came in as the interim and did a phenomenal job. Oh, he was fantastic. Absolutely in, in a wonderful. bad division, put this team in playoff contention. Won more games than Matt Rule has won the last two years combined. Uh, and with after losing their best player arguably in franchise history in Christian McCaffrey. They got better. Got better. That's uh, so nuts playing to with think a about. Carousel of quarterbacks between Baker Mayfield, um, Sam Darnold and PJ Walker, they won a they won a lot more games than we expect. I'm not gonna say a lot of games. Uh and then season ends. I think a lot of people expected them to hire Steve Wilkes. This guy yeah, who did a phenomenal fan, job. Fantastic job. Uh, and instead, they they go out and they hire Frank Reich. And and there's a history between Frank Reich and Carolina. He was the first ever quarterback drafted, started the first ever game through the first for ever the pass. franchise, through the first pass, through the first touchdown. Like like there's a history there, and I get it. And I think Reich's a great coach. And I think if you take away the Steve Wilkes element of this whole thing, I think it's a great hire. I like Frank Reich, obviously former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I think he's a phenomenal coach. I think his time just ran its course in Indy. I think he lost the locker room. I think sometimes plan, it gets stale. Yeah, and so, but I think he's a great coach. And so I think individually, like we said about Vancouver in a vacuum, I it's think a it's great, great. Yeah, but I think it says something about Carolina what they did to Steve Wilkes. Yeah, I like Steve Wilkes had this locker room. These guys were fighting hard for Steve Wilkes. This was a franchise who was pretty convinced they were out of it. They're in the same division as Tom freaking Brady. They're out of it. And they fight and fight and fight and only lose the division by a game. And had a chance to win it towards the end of the season. Like, he has the locker room. He's done a phenomenal job with what has been a rotating door at quarterback and a clustered cluster uh, of a roster. Right. And... Hey, they've got they've got some studs on that team. And they said, "Hey, thanks for what you did. Leave." And they hired Frank Reich. Again, I don't hate the hiring of Frank Reich. I just really hate how they I handled Steve Wilkes. I don't think they told Steve Wilkes to leave. I think they just demoted him back to his original position, which I imagine he will not stay in. I if I'm hey, listen, there are two teams still with uh, head coaching openings and. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if one of them jumped on him. Maybe. Uh, so another hiring, Denver trading another package of high value picks to the Saints in order to bring in Sean Payton. This is a this this is one of those moves that you make when you are committing to making it work, and it's either going to work, or this team is going to be very bad for the next seven years. I think Sean Payton's a good coach. Yes. I think Russell Wilson's a good quarterback. I think this season was an anomaly 
We we I have think, to give him the benefit think, of the doubt. Yes. Given his career's track record. If he does it again, we can talk. But yeah. right now, I think this season was an anomaly. I think he Russell gets a Wilson's a good quarterback. I think Sean Payton's a good coach. However, there are criticisms of both. Yeah. I could hear pretty significant criticisms for both. But my biggest thing is, you have now traded three first-round picks. Three seconds. Three second-round picks. A really good tight end. Some really good players for a guy that has a history of losing in the playoffs and a guy who seems that age is finally catching up to him. And like, not to mention the price tag on those player or on those assets too, because we know Russell yeah. Wilson, two hundred and thirty five yeah. mil. Yeah, Sean Payton's not cheap Getting either. Between seventeen and twenty million a year for Sean, for Sean Payton. Yeah, but here's here's a question: Tell me the difference between Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy. Um, both have won a Super Bowl. I said, tell me the difference. That's the thing. Both of them, and I heard Bart Scott say this on Get Up, and I was like, finally, someone's saying what I'm saying. Both of them won a lot of regular season games, did really good with a young quarterback, and made them a phenomenal, great quarterback with Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. But despite having a long time with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, only ever won one Super Bowl and otherwise disappointed over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that as much as an indictment on Sean Payton because I'm actually a bigger believer in Mike McCarthy than most people. I like Mike McCarthy. I think Mike McCarthy's a good a good coach. Uh, and so I'm not saying that as much as an indictment on Sean Payton um, as people think I am, but I don't think McCarthy is worth a first-round pick. No, no. And a second-round pick. I will say. And I say, don't think Sean Payton is either. So I'm not saying I don't like Sean Payton. He's bad, a bad coach. I like Sean Payton a lot. I think he's a great coach. I wanted him in Indy. But I would have been pissed. If I found out Chris Ballard gave up what they gave up to bring in a $20 million coach in Sean Payton. I will say this. Sean Payton does get a boost in name value for not only what he did with Drew Brees, but the extension of Drew Brees' career. Because that year when Drew Brees hit free agency, a lot of teams were concerned that that might be it. And what happened was he ended up passing for the most yards in NFL history. Like... That is quite a bit of a turnaround. And another thing is I would say that Sean Payton's risks that he makes play calling wise tend to work out better for him than Mike McCarthy's. But that's a degree of luck. Listen, let's not talk about that call at the end of that Dallas game. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying like Sean Payton has had Sean Payton is a bold play caller. How many people are willing to start the second half of a Super Bowl with an onside kick, a play that has a 1% chance of working? Okay, but outside of literally the example of the Super Bowl, it hasn't exactly worked out in his favor as far as success goes, as far as postseason success goes. I'm just again, I'm talking on a game by game basis. And again, like I'm not I'm not saying Sean Payton is bad. I'm saying I think they overpaid. Oh, absolutely. That's I my, don't think I don't and like good for the Saints. Yeah, you know? yeah the, the, they needed it. I don't like he has got a much bigger name than a guy like Mike McCarthy, but uh, for some reason, while they're virtually virtually the same coach, people are willing to give a lot more for Peyton, and so the Saints capitalized on that and got a couple of good like good for the Saints. I just think Denver overpaid, but I do. I will say this: I do think it's going to be a good fit. 
I think if there's going to be anyone to go into Denver to fix, quote-unquote, Russell Wilson, to turn that team around, to be able to take this phenomenal defense, arguably the best defense in football, and uh, get an offense to match, if anyone's going to do that, I think it's going to be a guy like Sean Payton. Uh, but we'll see. He's got the players. Yeah. I think. I think offensively, the roster that the Broncos has is more talented than any roster he had, offensively speaking, in San Francisco. In you San have Francisco? San, what Did I say San Francisco? Yeah, you I meant New Orleans. New Orleans? I, I would push back on that, but we don't have time for that right we now. We can talk but, about it Monday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or Tuesday for you guys. But uh, D'Amico Rines, the third head coach uh, signed, yeah, signed to the Houston Texans six-year deal. I think we all know that the years on that deal don't mean anything from a franchise that has fired two head coaches in back-to-back years. But I will say this. D'Amico Ryans, uh, the number one overall defense in the league this year was headed up by D'Amico Ryans. Uh, The San Francisco 49ers defense, which, like, man, good for the 49ers. Just dishing out head coaches from their defensive coordinator position. Yes. Um, When you finish, I have a rebuttal. Okay. I'm not necessarily saying like no 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 I, or not not so much a rebuttal more as a conversation okay. piece i like D'Amico ryan's a lot obviously again number one overall defense in the league led by D'Amico ryan's i think he's got a history not i think i know he's got a history in houston he played for houston yeah he was really uh, good he i'm pretty sure he's coached at the lower level in houston like he's got a connection to that city and so I, I definitely think an owner who already has a previous relationship with a guy like D'Amico Ryans, I think they'll at least, bare minimum, they're not going to Dave Colley him. They're not going to Lovey Smith him. I think they will at least give him a couple of years. Uh, I, and the city, of Tech, the city of Houston seems to be hype about this, about this uh, signing. And so I hope it works out. Actually, I don't. No offense. <laughs> yeah, Colts, Colts fan. fan. I hope you never win another game. But I hope it works out for D'Amico Ryans. And I think regardless of what happens this year, they at least give him a couple of years. You would hope. But uh, here's here's my couple things. Uh, one, the Texans, I hope they understand this. Firing D'Amico Ryans after this year is not an option. That is not an option. Well, it is. It'd be dumb. I, well, it's quote unquote an option, but if you if if let's just hypothetically say that all the success that was in San Francisco was as a result of Rob Sala, and it was already set up, and D'Amico Ryan's literally just had to game manage the system. But they got better. The defense just, got better. I'm this just year. just for argumentative sake, okay. uh, and it doesn't work in Houston. If they were to, it, it goes terribly. The Texans fire D'Amico Ryans after this year. You have three years in a row where you've given a head coach one season to operate. Before that, usually you could see a head coach get three seasons before a team makes a decision. If you have three one and dones back to back to back, what coach is uprooting their family to move and take that job? knowing that there is a strong possibility with the precedent set that is if they don't make the playoffs they're gone i think you're underestimating the desire to be ahead like imagine a coach who has been working from the bottom of the bottom to a cowboy when he was 17 years old to working up in that organization to now he's 
42, and he has been a coordinator for the last 10 years, not gotten the recognition he deserves, and finally a team wants to give him a head coaching job, I bet he would do it if they were going to dress seven-year-olds at the offensive line. They will They will be able to hire someone because it's a... <coughs> I, they're not going to get a guy like Sean Payton. A guy like Sean Payton is not going to be interested in going there. I see that. I hear that. But I don't think they're going to have an issue. I think it's a... It's painting a picture. Uh, you do it <laughs> I don't know what just happened, dude. My throat just got dry out of nowhere. Been there. Uh, it's painting a picture of a toxic work environment. No, I and yeah, I get that. I understand that. I'm not like disputing that at all. I just still don't think they'll have an issue getting anyone hired. But hopefully that's not going to happen with D'Amico Ryans. And again, I don't... Like Robert Sala did a great job. D'Amico Ryans came in and made that defense better. So I don't think that's right a threat at all. Um, but anyway, who else has been hired? I think that's it. All right. Uh, so from head coaching. We have two head coaching openings in Arizona and Indianapolis. Just two? Is that the only two left? Yep. Those are the only two left. Well, so here's the question. Which one of those jobs is more attractive? Pro- oh, Okay. So here's the thing, and I mean no disrespect by this. Arizona's roster has a lot more to work with. Indianapolis's division, though, is setting yourself up for a lot more success. So I would probably go with Indianapolis because it's not like Indianapolis's roster has nothing. They have Darius Leonard, uh, defensive tackle from San Francisco, DeForest Buckner on defense, on offense, you have Michael Pittman, who has flashes, there's promise, at wide receiver, and Jonathan Taylor. I would push back a little bit on, like, I just don't think, <coughs> I don't think that Arizona has, quote-unquote, a lot more to work with. I think if you're looking at the roster side-by-side, side, you might give a slight, and I do mean slight, edge to Arizona. But it's not big, in my opinion. Our defensive side of the football is significantly better. Our offensive line is significantly better. And uh, don't give me that. It was a bad year for y'all's offense. It was line. a bad first seven games for our offensive line. Jeff Saturday, if he did anything, he made that offensive line significantly better. Well, if that if there was one thing that uh, he would have an impact on, I think we also the majority have of people... arguably the best offensive lineman to ever play football in Quentin Nelson. Oh, let's Quentin Nelson is very let's very, not very listen, good. I know. I know that sounds like a lot, but... It's a very subjective conversation. He's... Because we don't have these clear benchmarks on how to measure linemen like we do this is true. defensive linemen. But you he's know? allowed three sacks in his career. He has. He has. But anyway, that's not the conversation right now. Um, <coughs> I don't like Kyler Murray. DeAndre Hopkins has come out and requested a trade. He doesn't want to be in Arizona. Yeah, but they so still have... So do you have... want a guy who... Uh, looks like he's not nearly as good as he used to be in D-Hop, who already wants out and to be pushed to not be involved in the organization anymore. And a guy like Kyler Murray, who has more interest in getting XP on Call of Duty than he does actually caring about your football games. Like, talent-wise, I like Kyler. I think he's got the potential. But we have not seen it yet. I think Kyler Murray... And I don't know that we are. I hope someone... And I could be super off base here. 
And we're going to have to wrap this up soon after I say this because we are pushing that time boundary. I hope someone is telling Kyler Murray that, hey, your reputation has taken a hit that it might not ever recover from. And even though you did get hurt this year, when you were on the field, it wasn't good. Yeah. You need to take serious steps forward or you are going to or, or you might not be in the league. You might no longer be who you can afford to be to re yeah throw that phrase out there yeah. like I just think like there's when you look at culture you go indie when you look at um, defense you go indie when you look at obviously division you go indie and I just think there's a lot wrong in Arizona that overshadows the slight edge that I would give them in their roster um, but I don't know. Uh, the Colts are supposedly on their third round of interviews at the moment. Uh, and from what it sounds like, Chris Ballard is doing everything in his power to keep Jim from re-signing Jeff Saturday. And God, I what, hope he's successful. What a smack in the face. I agree. To other coaches. I would be pissed. If, 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 we, if we re-sign Jeff Saturday, I'm going to cry. What's not the crying. what's the That's phrase not. for nepotism when it's not family? Yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the phrase for that? Um, but anyway, you know what the phrase is for uh, great podcast listeners, though. What's that? It's uh, fans of here, so we don't get fine podcasts. Amen to that, brother. Uh, because they are the best. Amen to that, brother. They are the best around. Around. Nothing's gonna get Listen, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what your favorite toenail is. Uh, the third one. What I do know is that you're listening to a great show. I, th- I hope. I hope it's a great show. It's the best show on radio. TV. Spotify. <laughs> radio. Not on radio. TV. I, could you imagine? Bro. <laughs> but listen. The comments. Uh, dust your mantle. We've got some exciting things brewing in the pipeline. Heckin' yeah. Uh, if you've stuck with us this long, I hope you stick with us long enough to see that, because I think we are going to knock your socks off. Heckin' yeah. So, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just, just here, here so we don't get fined. <laughs>